my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. Okay, so today's episode is going to be for the love addicts. It's going to be for my my loved ones, my ladies who have a persistent obsession with a person, a relationship, or the fantasy of a personal relationship and mistaking it for love, that there is someone or someones in your life that you know you need to create some space and distance from, or you don't know. Maybe they are being a little bit inconsistent, but you don't know if it's you and you, or you don't know if it's them. You don't know if it's that they're just busy. You're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. You're trying to make space for things to go back to how they used to be. And you're trying to maintain your self-respect, but it's not working. The more space you give to this person, the more you try to toe the line, the more you try to kind of step out and, and build a life where you're not um, depending on their phone call back or their text back or the next time y'all get together, it works, quote unquote, for a minute uh, until they text you and then you're fiending again. Then you feel this immediate relief because you're like, oh, finally, we're back in contact. Finally, they're not mad at me. Finally, I can be happy. Finally, it's like something within you is resolved until they start to create that distance again, right? This episode is for y'all. Now, no one's ever told me that you listen to this podcast with little ones around, and I never give this disclaimer, but I'm going to give it now that I'm going to be cussing, <laughs> even though I obviously have cussed in the other episodes, only because I almost named this podcast episode, Sit on Your Fucking Hands. That that was going to be the podcast title, and I was like, y'all, I don't know. I don't know if I can make that the title to where it starts streaming across people's phones. So we, we got it in the subtitle, y'all. But so today's topic is don't text them, sit on your effing hands. And we're going to talk about why you may need to do this. I'm going to go a little bit more into detail about who this episode is for. And then I'm going to talk about who this episode is not for, because I have people on all sides of the spectrum, people who are currently in an addictive relationship, friendship, romantic, or otherwise, uh, with people that you have very codependent connection to, and it is killing you what the communication or lack of communication is looking like. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then I have my ladies who are avoidant, who've looked for reasons to cut people off. And I'm going to make it very clear that for those of you who may relate to that, this episode is not for you because that's only going to be enabling how you are, uh, very critical when it comes to people who may be good for you. We're going to differentiate. Is this a relationship that needs some examining? Is this someone or a relationship that is actually available? And if so, you're going to be encouraged to keep moving forward, even when you're a little bit triggered. But we're going to spend the bulk of this episode breaking down 
why you may you might need to take a break i'm going to ask y'all for seven days i'm going to ask you for seven days i'm going to tell you what to do during that time and then we're going to talk about what to happen what we're going to do in different worst case scenarios so let's go ahead and get on started thanks for listening to this week's podcast before we get started let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, do not text them. So this episode is not for you. This this concept of not texting someone and sitting on your hands, if you feel like you have a very addictive relationship with your phone, uh, text or otherwise, WhatsApp, Instagram DMs, you're checking them, you're looking at stories, you're looking to see if someone's commented, you're looking to see if they liked a picture, you are not reaching out to them, but you're posting things for the posting things for them to see. Look, we are all, we all flirt the ways that we want to. We all, um, some of us play a little bit more games than other people. Some of us are very direct. My intention and what I'm about to tell you is not to tell you how to date and to connect to someone. My only intention with everything that I share here is to give you some tools and tips if whatever you're doing is starting to impact your functioning. If you posting these pictures and checking DMs and checking Insta stories and checking your phone every five minutes and looking at red receipts is making you feel depressed, if it's making you feel upset, if it's making you feel disempowered, if it's making you feel unwanted and unloved, then it is doing the opposite of what you are hoping for it to do. You're hoping that these things are going to show you off and, and let someone see what they're missing. You're hoping that this is going to be kind of this um, mutual cat and mouse, come and get me kind of thing, and then they're gonna chase you and then you're gonna get caught. But if there's no, if there ain't no cat coming to try to get you, then you are, you are unknowingly, you, you don't you don't know it. 
you are unknowingly setting yourself up for disappointment, not because there's something wrong with you, not because you're not deserving of love, not because you're not deserving of being pursued and protected, but you got the wrong one. You have your eyes, you have your sights on the wrong one. You have your sights set on someone who doesn't know this good thing in front of them, or they do, but you're not really their type, but you're, you're hoping that it's going to work because to you it makes sense, but to them, they're, they are either direct about it or they're indirect about their indifference and they're kind of leading you on. So my, my intention with that is if you are feeling really low about this and if some of those symptoms and, and emotions that I mentioned are what you're experiencing, I want you to try this for a week, just a week, just seven days to reset yourself, to, to kind of gain a little bit of your, your power back in and not power towards the other person. When we spend our time trying to win and play this game and, 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 and teach a lesson to somebody and make them jealous, we are giving them way too much of our attention and usually it's attention that they don't deserve, uh, that they, they wouldn't even know what to do with it if they had it, right? We, we are looking for empowerment for ourselves. We're looking to, to get to a place where we feel grounded, where we feel whole, where we feel fully connected to the amazingness that we are. And sometimes we have to take a break from the things that are making us feel less than to remember everything that we have inside of us. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, okay? Uh, as promised, who is this not for? This is not for you if the person or the people that you are considering that you're listening to this episode for, that you're intrigued with this episode for, and you are like, okay, tell me what, tell me why I shouldn't text them for seven days. Like, say less. I'm already sold. Just, just tell me what to do. This is not for you if the people that are on your list are people who are emotionally available, they are open, they're the type of people who take accountability for themselves, they regularly initiate reaching out to you, right? Uh, and you are perhaps upset because maybe one or two times that you reached out to hang out with them, they were not immediately responsive or they didn't respond the way that you wanted them to. And that triggered that abandonment and rejection wound in you, even though 99.9999999% of the time they have been amazing towards you. And it takes so much courage for you as someone with insecure attachment or with love avoidance to to really put yourself out there so they unknowingly they did not know how heavy this was and even if maybe if we were talking about it or if you were talking about it with somebody else whatever they did even though it was triggering to you it wasn't abusive it wasn't mean but it did hurt your feelings this is not for them okay for if that is you i would encourage you to reach out and talk to them and tell them how whatever they did or didn't do made you feel, that you use feeling words, softer feeling words, not you piss me off, not um, you make me so angry, that you not shoot slugs, that you not say indirectly, well, you know, I wanted to hang out, but you were busy. No, we use our full adult words with people when we are upset. Okay, we also don't do it over text. Do not do anything over text. Do not do anything over email and also not voice notes because you need to be in conversation with them. Okay, so call them on the phone or next time you see them. If all of this is making you nervous, then you pause and you tell them at the beginning, 
So my coach told me to do this. I'm your coach, by the way. I told my coach told me to do this and I'm feeling really nervous and I just need to know that this is hard for me to express how I feel, but here it is. This is, I felt really hurt the other day when this happened or when this didn't happen. And what I needed from you is insert what it is that you needed from them. I needed you to respond. Um, it didn't sound like you were really that happy to see me. Uh, even though you said you were, your voice was kind of flat and I just felt like you didn't mean it. And then you're going to end it with, is that true? Okay. Because you don't know if it's true. But for those of us who spend so much time living in our heads, we are so good at making up stories. And because maybe half of the time they're right. And also because maybe half of the time it's really helped us be successful in a lot of ways. We have this belief that the stories we make up are always right especially if you have a gift of intu intuition and discernment, it's really, really hard for you to have the possibility in your mind that maybe your calculations are off. Maybe the math this time wasn't mathing, right? And so how about you just check, check and see. Worst case scenario, you were right. And now you have to have a, a continue this adult conversation with them about what the next steps will be and what you need for them and are they available for you. Best case scenario is you were off. And you get to have a reparative conversation where you get to open your mind to the possibility that these, that the sensitivity that you have to threat, that maybe every time the alarm bell goes off, that maybe it's just, you know, there's not a four alarm, four alarm fire. Maybe you just cooking some bacon <laughs> and it got a little smoky. Like maybe everything is okay. This, these next steps about not texting someone, which is basically do not initiate contact with someone for a week. It's also not for you if you are intentionally in the phase, if you are in the phase of intentionally growing friendships. When it comes to friendships, especially as adults, with all of us, with our businesses, with our families, with our hobbies, or even just with our shows that we have that we have to catch up on the weekend. People are not always on your mind, not because they won't, they don't or they won't want to spend time with you, but just because they're busy, because they're tired, because, you know, they're, they're working and there's only so many waking hours in the day and it's a big, big wide world. So when it comes to building adult friendships, you will have to initiate. If you are used to people reaching out to you all the time, I would, I and, and that is a standard that you have that you never initiate. I just have some curiosity around that. Maybe that's something we can unpack with another episode. But if you want mutual relationships, you're part of the equation. And so maybe consider starting to reach out more to people. But same thing, if someone was not available, how or when you wanted them to be, um, if they seem to be busy a lot, but the energy you get from them is not that they don't want to spend time with you, but just that your schedules haven't been able to connect, go ahead and try one more time and see, especially if y'all had a good time together. Go ahead and try one more time and see. Um, how about you settle for a phone call? You know, sometimes we want to connect with people who have different emotional and emotional or energy levels than we do. So for us, the way you might feel really connected to someone is when you can be in front of them and you have time, like maybe your love language is quality time. So you just really need to have a, a glass of wine. You need to, you know, be sitting in a lounge. You want to have a coffee, get, get some ice cream. You need to be outside. And maybe the person that you want to spend time with wants to spend time with you, but they are not an outside person. They are good with putting you on FaceTime and y'all have one hour, two hour conversation, but getting them out the house 
is not really going to happen. So is there some type of negotiation or middle ground that you can make just to get the ball rolling? That's the other thing. Even with people that we click with, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be spending every weekend, every day together, especially if you're love avoided. I mean, for some of us, we may want that, but also at the same time, we don't want that because we don't know what that feels like to be around someone all the time in their energy, unless we've swung from our love avoidance to be in an addictive relationship. Then we're with that person all the time. All of a sudden, we have no time for friends or family, but now, you know, we can spend hours talking on the phone with somebody. It's very interesting how this these intimacy disorders work. But... Um, but the, the reason, the way that people give you more access is it's slow growth over time. When you are used to living in intimacy disorders, you only have two modes that you recognize. The first mode is you like me, I like you. Let's spend all of our time and energy and availability talking and hanging out with each other and getting to know each other. We go deep and we have marathon hangouts and dates and you learn all my stuff at the beginning. The other mode is I'll see you when I see you and I and you got to earn that trust. I got I got to see how I feel about you. And we don't know what it looks like to be slow and steady and balanced and still mutually enjoy each other, to still be open, to still be vulnerable, but to grow in that trust and versus automatically giving everything to someone at the beginning and put, putting all of your hopes and dreams into them or um, making them work too hard to where you either push them away or um, you lose interest because you've made it so hard that you weren't even able to connect yourself. Okay. So it takes time. So reach out. It's going to be worth it in the end. Okay. This is for you. This is for you, for you to not text someone, to not initiate text with someone, to take a break from initiating this. If the person, person or people that you have in mind are someone who are, who is physically unavailable for you, in that they are not available to hang out, even on their phone, um, in the way that they communicate with you, that they communicate with one or two word answers. If they do text you or call you, let's let's do text because I'm talking about texting. If they text you, it's hours and days in between. They're always busy. Oops, they didn't see your text. They'll get back to you. They text you back really late. They text you really early. They text you at times that it's not convenient to to talk. And then when you miss that little window, um, they're not available later on. It's very interesting. That is a very high level avoidant technique where someone will reach out to you when they know you can't talk to them just to say that they did it, just to kind of keep you on the hook. Um, When they do talk, they don't really share anything about themselves. Um, they don't ask about you. Uh, you're the one who's sharing about yourself. They say something and you share a whole long conversation after that. You you prompt them with questions and they may answer it, but you're the one who's doing a lot of that emotional labor and heavy lifting. I'm going to go back and say heavy on the they don't ask about you. Asking how was your day or what about you or what you're up to randomly in between a lot of not non-intentional energy is someone feeling time. When we really like someone and we're in a love addictive state, we will make a mountain out of a molehill, but in regards to effort and energy. So we will think that because they are asking how we're doing every once in a while or checking in on us, that maybe all of the space and distance that they had before was just because they were going through something or they were busy and now everything is going to be better. 
when really maybe what's happening is that they're bored. Maybe it's that they're bored and they're reaching out to see what's going on with you. Maybe they need attention because the other person that they were talking to is not available. Maybe they are um, needing attention because they had a bad day. Maybe they're not even talking to anybody, but they are not emotionally available to give you the commitment that you want. And so you have taken up the role of counselor and caseworker. And so they reach out to you for a good little emotional pick-me-up, right? And so be mindful of that. Also, if the person on your list or people on your list um, are distant in every way except for sexually, sex does not equal intimacy. Now, let me pause and say that again. Sex, sex does not equal intimacy. Some of you know that very well. Some of you want that to not be true. But it is very true that someone can have sex with you and not care about you at all. And some of you know that because you have been that person and you have had sex with someone that you really didn't care about. Or you, um, I feel like I say this every three months. (laughs) I need to talk more about the sex part and sex and love addiction. But here it is a little bit right here. Um, Some of you have mistakenly assumed that if you have regular sex with someone or what you consider to be good sex with someone, that that is going to convert their heart to actually caring about you. That's going to be so good that they can't help but fall and think about you. And there is a difference between someone loving you and them liking to get their tip wet. Honestly, there, and those, those things do not always have to go together, but we want them to. I think also when we are in a a stage where we are really missing someone, like someone is physically present in front of you and, and you see them, and but you're, you're still yearning for them. Like you miss that connection, you miss that energy. You will hope that sex will repair that. And honestly, at the beginning, it does kind of. It, it feels really good to have that reconnection. But if you, if you do these situationships long enough or you do these relationships, maybe you are in a committed relationship, but it is broken in so many ways, after a while that sex is no longer what it used to be. It, it, it doesn't give you that reprieve and that relief that it used to. Um, and again, don't let y'all be in an actual situationship and then um, they get up and leave or the bed is cold afterwards or there's not really any deep conversation. Like that, again, some of y'all know this feeling very well and I, and I, and I feel for you and I wish you were here where I could just hold you and, t- and touch you and just you know, just be, be here for you. But that feeling of rejection is, is hard. It's, it's so painful. Um, and yet, even when we have these painful moments, what that spurs in us is this indignant, um, indignant feeling. I want to say indignation. Yeah, that's the word. (laughs) This indignation, this righteous, legitimate anger at being used and mistreated and taken for granted. And then we say, fuck them. I'm not going to talk to them. I deserve better. Maybe you might even start talking to somebody else. You get busy and you stay not talking to them until that anger runs out. And then you're back in a relationship with them. Okay. So this is not going to be a full no contact episode. Um, I'll probably do an episode later on to revisit no contact. I Ooh, girl, I cannot remember if I've had a full episode on no contact all these years. Well, if I have, it's time for another one. Um, This is going to kind of be a soft launch. Depending on how these next seven days go, 
you can decide whether or not you want to do a no contact situation. And then we will talk about why that may be needed um, down the road. Um, and I'll do a little bit at the end of this episode so that you're not waiting. But if you if you haven't been able to tell. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here, a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you're you're going to get some steps here, love. So break out your pen, break out your paper, um, get out your notes app um, so you can write this stuff down. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. So you have evaluated at this point that it is time to institute your sit on your hands week with this person because they are showing you very much indifference. Sometimes they're here, sometimes they're not here. You're always the one initiating. Um, maybe you're at a place. Maybe you're at a place where you 
Um, wonder if you ever reach out at all, would they even reach out to you first? Um, but you don't go that long without testing that theory until you're mad. Here's one of the core things that I teach my students too, that I'm, this is why I'm telling y'all just this information cold, like no prompting is because whenever you make these decisions, and I just said this a few minutes ago, whenever you make these decisions out of anger, once that charge is gone, so is your resolve. You have to make this decision because you want to feel full and whole. Your your intention has to be, I want to love me in the way that I deserve to be loved. This is not about hurting them. This is not about getting them back. This is not about anything to do with them. If they started texting me every day, that would be nice. But I really want to do this for me. If they don't text me back every day and I end up breaking up with them, I need to know that I'm going to be okay. If uh, I need to know that this is that I'm going to live through this and also do that reset. Uh, I'm going to say these examples in the frame of romantic dating relationships, even though this absolutely applies to friendships. Um, it absolutely applies to narcissistic family members who only reach out to you when they want something and when they want wanting something either monetarily, time-wise, or just to vent, right? People who use you as their emotional dumping ground. Um, this is, this is, this can be used for you as well and tailored. Okay. So you're going to spend this week not reaching out to them the next seven days. You're not going to um, say good morning. <laughs> You're not going to even look at their stories. I'm not telling y'all to block them because we're not doing a no contact situation. But you're not going to intentionally look at their stories. You're not going to check your stories or whatever social media you're using that you may kind of use to spy to see what's going on or indirectly get a hint on what's happening with them, visiting their friends' profiles that y'all are mutual friends with, you're going to spend the next seven days totally focused on you, okay? Totally focused on you and your other friendships and relationships. And to, to remember that you have a whole life. You had a whole life before this person came around and you will continue to have a whole life, but you have made this person your world. You have deified them and we got to press the button to get back to start. So you're not going to talk to them for seven days. If they do text you, let's say they text you because here's the thing about the love, love addicts, love avoidance cycle. Whenever the love addict starts to pull back, all of a sudden in, in the air and magic little signals get sent through the airwaves <laughs> and, it, and it comes directly to the love avoidant and their little antennas and they're like, huh, I haven't heard from Sasha in a while. I wonder what she's doing. And then they reach out to you. Like it's, it's like they know. Um, and it can even happen the next day, girl. This is not... <laughs> Some of y'all are going to be like, yes. And uh, if you are really doing this for you, my dear, I'm going to ask you to not immediately respond to them. I want you to wait at least four hours. This is a good place for me to, to reiterate that this is not about game playing. This is about you learning how to not have this reflexive, habitual, they call, I answer response. And that your motivation for not having this reflexive response is not because you're trying to teach them a lesson, but because you are trying to learn how to have some space 
in between these immediate thoughts and, and feelings, right? You need to know that you can go some time without being at their beck and call. And I know me saying that for some of you is going to be fighting words. You're going to be like, I am not at their beck and call. But if you've listened this far to this place, and if any of this other stuff that I said before relates to you, like the way that this person has been disrespecting you and dishonoring you and treating you less than you deserve, there's some place in you that has allowed this behavior to go go on longer than it needed to because you deserve so much more. So switch the phrasing if it doesn't fit. But you are building your independence. We are soft launching you learning how to be a little bit more independent or a lot more independent when it comes to this relationship and your connection to them to regain your commitment to your own identity. So you're going to wait four hours. If this is someone that you're really fiending for, I need you to set a timer so that you're not looking at the clock every five minutes trying to see if four hours is done. Now, Someone here is listening, saying only four hours. If they're leaving me on red and not being responsive, they'd be lucky if I text them back within a day. I'm saying four hours because one, you need, we're not doing the games, right? Like if I leave them on red for a day just to teach them a lesson, that is switching from me doing this for myself to doing it to hurt them. And I got to get out of the habit of the focus of all my habits being about them. So if that is not something that organically happens with you naturally as a person when it comes to this person that we're talking about, then it is you're acting, you're not acting in integrity, right? Um, Which goes to the second point, you need to act in your personal values. We need to hop out of getting people to make us forget ourselves and be someone that we're not. Um, That is such a common symptom for love addicts that we completely become super emotional and super hurt and super invested in these things and have really deep emotional responses where we either shut down and we lose we lose our interest in things because we're so depressed about what's happening with this relationship or we become super emotionally charged around it whether or not that charge looks like sadness anger frustration um whatever it may be but the four hours is a middle ground for me, which is what is a respectful time to wait to respond to somebody, right? Or a respectful time period in between when someone checks in on you. Uh, If you're available to respond, four hours, maybe eight. If this is starting to give you the, the courage to do full no contact with someone, like maybe before you listen, before we started listening to this episode, you were thinking, okay, I can kind of try this. But the more you listen, the more you hear me talk, you're like, I could do the seven days, but I really know this is someone I shouldn't be in contact with. Then do a full no contact. You do not have to respond. You do not have to worry about being um, mean or rude. Um, We can talk about again at a later date, what it looks like to tell someone that you are no longer available to have contact with them. If you feel due to the nature of your relationship, that would be better than completely ghosting and just not being a response at all, which is also a reason about why many of us break no contact because we go ghost because we're so angry, hurt and upset. And then when those feelings come away, we look, go back and apologize. And then y'all start asking how, how are you, have you been? And then they tell you how they've been and, you know, y'all start to laugh a little bit and you start to remember things and then you're right back in the whole cycle again. So doing this from a place of wholeness is the way to do it. B 
because we're talking to someone who's flaky and consistent, this is not for people who are available, who love you, who try, who are who initiate with you, who go to therapy, who say I'm sorry. This is not for them. This is for the other ones that I was saying. The flaky, maybe fuck boys, maybe um or people who are just some of us are the people who I'm talking about. Some of y'all listening do this to other people. And this is and I and I send you so much love because I understand where it comes from. And we're gonna have our love avoidant episode one day. <laughs> but right now I'm just for talking to the love avoidance. Um but the love avoidant in your life who's been putting you through it. If they ask you a question, you need to answer with as many words as they gave you or less. Ideally less. If they say a statement, if you decide that you want to answer, because, you know, if sometimes people will be texting you stuff and they, especially someone who's avoidant, just to kind of do a temperature check, but they really don't care what you say or what you don't say. They just want to kind of have you on the hook. So you don't always have to respond to a statement, but in case you wanted to, the same amount of words that they have or less ideally, okay? What we're doing here, the reason why we're doing this, because it's not about showing them how evolved and busy and all that stuff you are, which, you know, you talk to some other coaches or dating coaches, they will tell you that stuff. And I'm sure that's the purpose that they have and it may serve those purposes, but that's not what we're doing here in this healing portion. This is a healing process for you. You are going to respond with as many words or less because you got to break the habit of oversharing and initiating connection with these people to where you think that the conversation that you're having is deeper than it is so that you do not end up feeling resentful that you said all this stuff and then they just said, okay, or they didn't respond at all and they just left you on red or they just said a little bit. They didn't share as much as you did, right? We are matching energy in 2023, okay? So as many words as or less, I really want to say less, okay? So if they say bet, then you say, if you want to respond, then you say K, the letter K, <laughs> all right? <laughs> like we're getting to that level where you're not giving more than what's been being given to you. Now, if if they reach out, and you're not matching that energy, you're taking pauses in between responding because you are resetting, you're meditating on your end. By the way, this is what you're doing. You're meditating on your end. You're engaging in hobbies. You're spending time with people. I'm going to say a little bit more about that in a second after I get this last point. But if you are pulling back, remember, we got the signals and the energy out in the atmosphere. So they may be like, hold up, this is not normal. Like usually she's going to tell me all the stuff she does throughout the day and she's going to say all this and she's going to say something about us not getting together and what have I been doing? Like she's not doing any of that. She's just saying, okay. And sometimes she's not even responding. And this is all, you know, within the seven days, they may ask you what you're up to, especially if the weekend's coming or they know your schedule, they know when you're available, they know what's up. Um, And they ask you, what are you up to? Uh, You don't need to tell them. You don't need to tell them. And some of you may already do this, but this is for my, these are from my ladies who have a problem with this. Um, you don't need to tell them. So you can say, oh, busy, a little, a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, whatever your language is, um, got plans, nothing. What about you? 
just something really short, but you do not list out an itinerary of what you're doing. This helps you not overgive as well, because sometimes we try to make ourselves so available to someone and show our interest with someone who, if someone was really interested in you, they would find a way to work with your schedule and they would be very intentional about finding out when you were free, um, about making a plan, about being direct. That's the type of energy that we're on when it comes to the relationships that we are holding standards for. And if they're not, they're being lazy. They're being lazy. And, uh, you know, most of the time, these are the type of people who you have a loose plan with and then they end up not showing up or really not putting in the same amount of effort as you do. So we don't want that. But just to clarify what your response would be, if they ask what you're up to, um, you can say that you're busy. You can say, oh, I got a lot going on. What about you? Right? Um, Shorten shorten that if you need to, to make it less words. (laughs) But we are nondescript nondescript, and we are not um, laying out this path for them to waste our time. Okay? Now, during these seven days, what are you doing? You have built, if you are in an addictive relationship with this person, you've built a lot of your mental energy around thinking about them, about wondering what they're doing when they're not in response to you. And you've also may have spent a lot of your energy in anger and resentment, which is just as powerful as these feelings of love and 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 butterflies and all that stuff. It's all energy and it's all things that you could be using, all energy that you could be using towards things that actually want you back. And so you need to be spending time with those people who want you back, with the friends who actually want to spend time with you, with people who have been trying to talk to you who are available that you've been curving because you've been more interested in them, with family, healthy family, not the toxic family, not the family that's kind of mean sometimes, not the family that's sometimesy, that's just going to re-trigger your trauma, with the family that you like. Um, And if none of these people are on your radar because you have not talked to them, then it's time for you to start making some phone calls. It's time for you to start reaching out to the people that you haven't talked to in six months. If all the friends around you are toxic or you have no friends right now, which is absolutely a thing, it's time for you to reach out to someone you haven't seen in college that you were cool with, but you still got her number and say, hey, girl, it's been a minute, but she was super happy. She was super healthy. She was super available. It's time to reach out to your um, college mentor or your high school mentor. It's time for you to reach out to your pastor and just shoot the breeze. We are putting in new energy into this cycle to where you understand and you know that this is not the only person that actually wants to spend time with you and talk with you and that they're actually going to be happy and engaged when you speak with them, all right? So go down your phone list. You got people. Everybody has people on their phone. No matter how isolated you are, there are people, maybe maybe from a long time ago, maybe you got to dust off the phone book, but there's somebody. There's somebody and they may not be a best friend, but they were someone who who you had some positivity around. We, we are only looking for positivity. All right. That's that's what we're a magnet for. And then also you need to spend some time with yourself. Do you have any hobbies? Do you have anything that brings you joy or was this relationship your hobby? Was this relationship, was this person, was this situationship the thing you look forward to when you got done with work at the end of the day? Right. Is, is that why this hole is so there? Okay, when you're coming up, as you're doing all this stuff, some inner child stuff may come up, um, some thoughts, even just listening to this. 
which is normal because remember love addiction is not about the person. It is about uh, the connection to the trauma and that is where the intensity comes from. So um, talk to a friend about it. Talk to a counselor or a therapist about it. If you're working with me, talk to me about it. You know, let's, let's make, let's change the meaning around what's going on and help you build some connection. If some of you start this process and you do not get the whole seven days, you get a day or so, and then, you know, you're trying to be a little bit more pulled back, a little bit more reserved because you're focusing on you. And that's just like foreplay, which is often what happens in the love addiction, love avoidance cycle. When one person tries to pull back, it's just like candy. Like it just, it just, it feels very sexy. It's very intriguing. And it just restarts your whole cycle until it starts to fizzle out again. It's okay. Uh, Don't judge yourself. This is part of the process. It's very common. And whenever you're ready to try this again, go ahead and try it again and see if it works for you. If you get to the place where like, I don't think it's time for the soft launch and the sit on my hands week, I think it's time for absolutely no contact. Again, I got you. We'll come back to this at a later date. Now, I did a whole lot of prepping for y'all in case they reach out. But the truth is, for some of you who do this, they're not going to reach out. And if they do reach out, it's not going to be until much later. And you are going to be very hurt. You're going to be very pissed. You're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be so sad. As Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, day four, day five comes and they still haven't reached out, you're going to be so tempted to reach out to them and say, F you, you know, so you, you just, you really not going to reach out to me or to find a reason why you need to be in contact with them because maybe y'all work at the same job and there's a report due. So you're finding some excuse to be in contact with them. I need you to sit on your effing hands. Sit on your hands, girl. This is the work. This pain that you're feeling is trying to tell you something. Is trying to let is trying to tell you something that is really hard for you to see, and every time you initiate, you're prolonging something that may be very evident. Once you have some clarity, and once you have a reset, what do you do with this pain? Exactly what I said when it comes to inner child work. What are these feelings and thoughts that are coming up for me? Journaling about it, talking to your therapist about it, talking to your coach about it, talking to friends about it. Supportive friends, not judgy friends. Not the t- not call a friend who's going to be like, girl, well, fuck him because you're in pain right now. Like, obviously, fuck him. But right now, I feel hurt and I need you to hold me with your words or with your arms. I, I, don't, I don't need that right now because right now I miss him. This is what I need. Okay? Um, seek that comfort. And I need you to know that if they do not reach out, it means nothing about you, okay? It has nothing. Just because someone is the wrong fit, it means nothing about you. Just because you are not, they are not the right fit for you, it means nothing about you. Let me say that again in a different way. I think sometimes when people hear what I just said, they decipher it as instead of you seeing that this person does not meet your needs, you frame it completely as I was deficient, So I didn't meet their needs. I wasn't enough. And that is not the case at all. You deserve a full, uncomplicated, easy, 
predictable and safe. And predictable not in, because I know some of y'all are adventurous. Um, so I don't mean like boring for y'all, but I mean some something that you can count on, something that's reliable, someone that's dependable, even if y'all are jumping off mountains together, right? Like that's the type of love you deserve. And if that person does not meet that standards, you're freeing up space for you to know that now. Now, I know a week is not a long time, especially for those of us who may have people who have chronically been unavailable for us. They they won't reach out for a week. You'll go through this whole grieving process. And then week two, week three, all of a sudden they remember your phone number. And again, we'll have to talk. We're, we're almost an hour in. We're, we'll have to talk more later on about what to do when, with these revelations. But this is to get you started. This is some things to do while you're doing this process, while you're opening your eyes to see is this really all me? And if it is all me, what are the feelings and thoughts that come up that, I, that I'm going to let myself actually feel and not run away from that tell me what it is that I want and what I deserve? Okay? So I'm sending all of you love and courage this week. You got this. And I look forward to seeing how things go. Until next time, y'all. Please, please, please take care of yourselves. Know that you are the prize. Know that you are amazing. Know that you are deserving and loved. And um, hold that space, okay? Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.